Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our Gospel lesson comes to us this evening from the Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter, beginning with the 15th verse. Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Helper, to be with you forever, even the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you, and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me, because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. March 25th comes and goes every year, but it is a special day in the life of the Church. It is the day that the Church has chosen to celebrate the Annunciation of our Lord. Or in other words, it's the day that we celebrate Mary's receiving of the Christ child, Jesus, in her womb. It falls exactly nine months before December 25th to represent that perfect amount of time for Christ to grow within her. When the angel Gabriel descended from the heavens to bring her this message of good news, he wasn't the only one to visit Mary. Of course, as we've learned these last two weeks, it is Christ our Lord who was conceived in her womb, took on human flesh, to be born under the law for our salvation. For he wished to save those who were under the law by taking the curse upon himself. So, of course, there is that second person of the Trinity, the Christ, who visited her. But we should not forget the Holy Spirit the third person of the Trinity. In the story of our salvation, the angel Gabriel tells us that the Holy Spirit will come upon the Virgin Mary, and the power of the Most High will overshadow her. See, the Holy Spirit has always served the Church by bringing Christ to her. Even as he freely brought Christ to the womb of the Virgin Mary, so he brings Christ to us that by faith we believe in the things freely given to us by God, even Jesus Christ our Lord. Now it's very important that none of us should think little of the Holy Spirit, nor should we despise his work, since that work is to deliver to us the forgiveness of our sins for Jesus' sake. I mean, none of us can run back to the cross of Christ, and we needn't do that, for Jesus has not told us to go there. Instead, he has told us to look to the Word, to the Gospel, uh, to the sacraments, and there we see that the Holy Spirit is working through that Word. After all, the Word of God is inspired by the Holy Spirit. You know, it is the Holy Spirit who comes to us uh, by Jesus' command, sent from the Father to be the Helper, the Counselor, the Comforter. Therefore, the one who denies him is denying the work of Jesus, is denying that forgiveness of sins, the very gift of it. Now, Jesus spoke some very harsh words in the context of that. There were those who were saying that he had a demon, 
And you know what he said? He said, truly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the children of man, and whatever blasphemes they utter, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. The Spirit of God is ever so important for us Christians. He is not less than God. He is one with the Father. Though he is distinct from the Father and the Son, he is still eternal, infinite, uncreated. He is still the Almighty and the co-equal with the Father and the Son. And he is sent for us to be our comforter as the Spirit of truth to guide us into all the truth. Isn't that what we need? Every human being born needs to be led into the way of truth, because we otherwise do not know it. In fact, it is not for our, is it not for our benefit that God sends to us his Holy Spirit? Since he has spoken these words, saying, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You see, those are the words of God. So we must know that he works in ways which we do not understand, or ways at least in which the world cannot understand, for they do not receive the spirit of truth. There are even some among us who bear the name Christian, Yet they refuse to listen to the words of God, which the Spirit of God directs our eyes to see, our ears to hear, our, e our minds to understand. Instead, they choose to listen to the new spirit, the spirit of this world and this age, which is always changing, but still rooted in the words and the lies of the devil. You see, they do a lot to silence their teachers. They close their Bibles and make for themselves a God which pleases them. From such prideful people, congregations are led into error. They turn from the path of righteousness. Oh, how foolish and arrogant are we mere mortals to deny that work of the Holy Spirit, the eternal Spirit of God, who sanctifies us setting us apart by leading us forth in the way of truth. Be weary of the one who refuses to sit at the feet of the Spirit, to learn and grow in the Word of God, but explains away those very plain words of Scripture with their flaunted reason. If you think back, even the Holy Most Blessed Mother of our Lord, Mary, the God-bearer, who bore in her womb the very Savior of the world, even she did not always understand the words and deeds of her Son. Still, did she deny them? Did she cast them aside as if they shouldn't concern her? Did she try and reason them away or explain them in some other fashion than which the Spirit has spoken? No, she simply treasured them within her heart and did not change them. For in time, namely following this resurrection of the Lord, things were made clear by the Spirit of God, who called to the remembrance of the disciples and his people everything that the Lord had spoken to them. 
Was it not also the same with the disciples? As Jesus led them, from town to town, he taught them all that he must suffer and die. And he talked to them about the resurrection, how he will rise again. Still they understood none of these things. And when they chose to rebuke the Lord in his word, they were rebuked by Jesus. The words and actions of God are not always easily understood by us, but if we abide in his words, he says he abides in us and we in him. How very, very comforting that is for us to know. This is why we are in such dire need of the Spirit of God, so that we are led in these words, and our life, and our prayers, and our speaking to one another. For who knows the thoughts of God but the Spirit of God, and those with whom the Spirit chooses to dwell within? As it is written, No one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. And St. Paul continues by writing, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. What the disciples did not understand prior to the resurrection, the Spirit of God made clear to them following the glorious resurrection of the Lord, namely, that everything that he suffered was for their good for their forgiveness, for their reconciliation to the Father, for their eternal life. And this good news was for all people. And they believed it. They taught it. And the church, through the power of the Holy Spirit, like a mother, begot many children born of the water and of the Spirit. You see, it is the Spirit who takes the merits of Jesus' death and gives them to us, that we might be comforted throughout every trial and tribulation, famine and sickness, pestilence, whatever it is, the Spirit gives us the words of Jesus, and he comforts us. As we will come to learn more next week, it is important to have the Spirit for the Church because he gives us faith in the gospel so that we treasure Jesus' atonement for our sins and his resurrection for our justification. It is not possible for us, the church, to live without the Spirit, for he delivers all that Jesus wishes to give us through the gospel to be received by faith. Nor can we, the church, move without him present in our midst, for if we did so, we would risk falling into error and not abiding in truth. When our eyes are taken off of the Savior, because of the temptations of the devil, the stresses of the world, and the lusts of our flesh, who will turn us back to Christ? It is the Holy Spirit. He will keep us in repentance and faith, just as he keeps the whole Christian church on earth so that we may always be partakers of the glorious gifts of Christ, which he freely gives in the word and in the sacraments, for us to be the bride of Christ, chosen 
saved and free, justified and blessed with a new life that never ends. May these words from the Holy Spirit be a comfort and a blessing to you this week. In Jesus' name, amen.